what's going on it's me again i think i don't know maybe we should just settle on fridays being the day that we record i don't know though because if i have like guests or i want people on friday night saturday nights and burn people go out so we'll see how that works out but anyway i wanted to tell you lot a story based on i said like the last two weeks of my life basically where I had a job interview last week, got the job, and then had my first four days at work this week, two days of induction, one day of an induction, working the actual job, and then one, like, one actual shift. And it all started back when I went to my interview, and I was there, I'd say I was like one of like the older people there but not by much and everyone else was either in like sixth form or like early uni stages and it was a group interview so as I walked in and I sat down amongst all of my fellow interviewees I like was sussing people out to see whether I would get the job started to compare myself to others, just the way I dressed, the way I was carrying myself, and I started to, I don't know, do a process of elimination and basically figure out where I fit amongst them and how likely it would be that I got the job. Um, and anyway, this guy walks in rocking a full suit, and those of you who know me might have already heard this story, but basically this guy walks in wearing a full suit. And it's not even like a fitted suit. It's just like a, it looks like it's, it's his dad's suit or something. And I don't know. We all know like a guy, but like he just seemed like a bit of a waffler. And this is all from an outside perspective before I ever talked to him, before I knew him or anything like that. So I'm just saying this is what I thought. And he's standing there in a full suit chatting this one guy's ear off. And the guy standing next to him is not trying to hear it. He's not making any eye contact. He's not giving anything that you would consider a response of substance. And we go up to the interview room and we get this task. And if you know where I'm talking about now, then you know. But I'm just not going to say anything. I don't know. Maybe it will cost me my job. I don't know. But they gave us a card. Nah, they gave gave us. They were like, what's your name? Part-time or full-time in terms of like which one you want. If you could be an animal, what would you be? And why do you want to work for that brand? So we all go around in the circle and people start answering the question and you know you get the you get the standard answers I want to be a I'd be a lion because they're curious and they're strong leaders or you know I'd be an eagle because they fly high and they can see everything and you and then others along the line who were quite nervous just recycled the answers that they heard before because that was easier just to repeat what you just heard because maybe you felt more confident in their answers than your own but anyway we go around the circle it hits him, he's just waffling on, and you keep going, and then you go, and then they were like, they gave us these cards, and they like, had, uh, we were basically had to like, style somebody, and so we had to like, all stand there by the board, like we were like, colouring it in, and doing all this other stuff, and we had to like, label them, give them a personality, like dress them, based on the thing that we were given, so we got like a 90s themed party. We had a girl who was going to a 90s themed party. And so we dress her, we do everything. We present. And then I, th- I think it went really well. Boom, we hit the uh, 
the next group, the next group gets in a bit of trouble because they didn't like detail their person, so they, they labeled her, but the drawing itself was quite plain and maybe they were trying to see if you were creative, creatively inclined or something like that. Um, and so we go and like their their group finish presenting finishes presenting and then like he just, like this guy like stops and starts talking like when when it's clearly like gone past the point of like return like to any sort of like presentation like everyone's done their bit ever like there's been that awkward pause of silence between like when the the assessors like say something and when you're done and he jumps in and with all everyone's looking around him going oh no we all know a guy like this and you know, I'm saying this from an outsider's perspective as somebody who didn't know him, and you'll understand the point of this story later on. So, we go and we f figure out, they tell us that we're going to be now going to, like, one-on-one -on -one interviews, but the rate at which they're hiring, you can imagine that because of the Christmas period, a lot of businesses particularly retail of any sort is hiring by by the truckloads and at that point you can't tell sort of what their barrier for entry is maybe it's lower than traditionally because they have more vacancies or I'm not sure but we go for the one-on-ones and there was 13 of us and they labeled us they gave us each a number and we came in uh for two different departments one was for um the exchange and refunds department and then one was for like a regular sales advisor so we're doing what we're doing and we get called in but i was second to last so the whole time this this guy let's call him full suit guy full suit guy was sitting next to me well he wasn't but then he pops up and he sits in front of me and he's like oh you're a very interesting guy you know like i think you're going to be sick for this job i think you're definitely going to get it at which point i felt like i was letting myself down because i was exhibiting the same behaviors that other people were exhibiting towards this guy where they were just dismissing him and even though i may have initially been like like had assumed i knew what this guy was about and judged him a lot that doesn't mean that i should have treated him the same way my other people had treated him and so you know initially i avoid making eye contact i give hollow answers i'm engaging in conversation with other people so i'm not really trying to um talk too much and Eventually, I was like, do you know what? And that's where the point of this story is. After everything I've been through in the last two months, after all the panic attacks, after all the loneliness, after all the sadness, after all the existential crisis-based questions, after the existential crisis itself, after the mental breakdown, after the depression and anxiety, after the sleepless nights, after the nightmares, after everything, you would think that. I would have more empathy. But the moment I started feeling better about myself was the moment I became settled back into old habits. And the reason this is really important for me to reflect on and tell you guys is because this story is bigger than just the last two weeks. It's a, it's a lifetime of wanting to be like everybody else Wanting to feel as confident as everybody else. And then when I get there, it's like sort of that scene out of Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Like once you make it to the point where you want to be in terms of your position 
in society amongst your peers amongst your loved ones amongst your amongst the opposite sex with regards to, with regards to relationships and stuff like that once you've reached the point of being seen the way you wish to be seen how do you treat those who you deem to be different or other and although i consider myself to be the most left-leaning liberal i you know this episode is or this conversation this this story time if you will is about trying our best to practice non-judgment especially when we consider the own suffering that we have experienced as a result of the way that others have formulated opinions on us and then acted acted with those motivations in mind meaning that you know when when the girl i was seeing last month turned her back on me and blocked me on social media did i um you know did she in that moment being someone who had experienced mental struggles in her own regard did she judge me for what i was going through rather than being empathetic that's not a question i can answer but i'm just saying that it's something that we should all think about because you know i got the i interviewed on i applied for the job on sunday or monday interviewed on tuesday got the job on tuesday started induction the following week this this monday just gone and when i walked up i got there about an hour early yeah i think we were scheduled for a half nine start oh and maybe i got there 40 minutes early but we were scheduled for a nine or a half nine start and i got there at about 8 20 stopped at mcdonald's got breakfast came back and as i walked up to the building the one person that I had like judged the most and had assumed wouldn't get the job had had been had been sort of it was Thanksgiving last week so I was around a lot of family and anybody that I could tell I was telling the story about the full suit guy about this joker that showed up to the interview in a full suit that wasn't fitted and he, he was just waffling and speaking at the wrong times and wasn't understanding social cues and as I walked up to the job full suit guy was standing outside and he said what you got the job yeah and i was like yeah i got the job but in my, in my head i'm thinking wait he got the job too and it was, it was at that moment that i was like brutally but at the same time in the most gentle way humbled by the universe because i realized it doesn't matter what i think of somebody And I and it and it shouldn't be that I, in in comparing myself to somebody, I put them down or assume them unworthy of something just because I consider myself to be more capable. If that even is the case, but there I was on Monday morning after a week of not seeing this guy, thinking I will never see him again. And he was standing outside the building. I picked up my phone. I knew nobody would would be awake, but I sent out texts to the people that I'd been telling this story. I said, "There's no way full suit guy got the job." I'm shook. But why is it that I was so shook? Because I perceive myself to be more articulate, more confident, better dressed, better looking. Like what? What? 
why couldn't he have gotten the job? Why couldn't he have exhibited characteristics that they thought would be beneficial to their brand, to their business? Now, again, this is this is what's really messed up about it is when I found out what department he was working in, exchange and refunds, I found another way to put him down it or less so put him down but put myself up which indirectly puts him down because I deem the position that I'm working in to be better than him because he gets shoved into one department in the store whereas I'm out there interacting with the customers talking laughing joking who's to say that he's not capable of doing the same thing what because he stands behind a till and I don't I'm better than him and every Monday through Thursday I had to I had to humble myself because the way I speak about him is the way others have spoken about me. And I'm not just talking about now. I'm talking about when I was, when I, when I moved to the American school and I was like making some horrific mistakes due to being incredibly insecure and low, low in confidence. I was hitting on girl after girl, desperate for somebody to view me the same way girls viewed my friends. I had a lot of good-looking friends who did very well with girls very early on and here's me doing the most foolish something the most disgusting the most shameful things that somebody can do and you know making mistakes that I'll, I'll, I'll be ashamed of for a long time because when you act in low confidence and you act in insecurity but it's in the guise in the it's it's sort of cloaked in false confidence you can make some horrible horrible decisions and you know I, I look back on those three years and the years before that and even some and right up until this last summer and look at some of the choices I've made because I assumed that I was better than somebody else because I had grown into the thing that I thought I would be I used to say to people all the time like what did girls just discover that I was good looking or something when I was talking about my last year at university and particularly from the stretch from January to May like I was like what did people just discover like because I've always been this way and it's like walking 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 with that posture like posturing like that is so unhealthy because it's like you just become like I don't know like a disgusting spirit because you know, in, in all that I was upset about and in all the things that I struggled with, I would sort of look at people and think like, why don't they like me? Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Because, and I can only imagine that the only way I can understand it is by examining the ways in which I have done it to others. And instead of walking with love, I was walking with confidence, but a confidence that put myself above somebody as opposed to next to them. It wasn't, instead of uplifting someone, I was stepping on them. And I'm not talking about, so so in the distant past, I'm talking about this week. Right, my lanyard is different to his lanyard. It's a different color. So what, I'm better because I have skills that are better than his, as opposed to different. Maybe we're good at different things, but instead I said I'm better than. And it's, you know, it's that kind of confidence that in in some ways allows people to succeed, but I feel that that is that that functions as a double-edged sword with regards and it because it can it can it can taint your spirit it can, in a, in a really dirty way and you know we 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 see it in popular culture we see it in sports we see you know what 
Wilder versus Fury is happening this weekend. We see it in boxing, we see it in MMA, we see it everywhere. The most popular MMA fighter in the world is probably Conor, and a large part of that is due to the way he talks trash to people. But, you know, you have guys like... I don't want to say names that you don't know. know, Tyron Woodley or Damian Meyer or... Demetrius Johnson, John Dodson, um, who will never be as big popular culture icons as these others. You know, you talk about like, I don't know. But the examples, like, okay, we look at Takashi69, who's about to do a big bid in prison. And a large part of his success is the way he carries himself and talks about other people. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, to each their own, but, you know, there are, I don't know, like, no one looks at Joyner Lucas the same way they look at Takashi 69 let's put it that way. And I'm saying, or, or Logic, for example, everyone's, everyone's talking about Logic saying, especially when he brought out one of his albums where they were like, oh, like, he's talking about this biracial struggle. What is this biracial struggle? But, you know, then you look at, and, and and sometimes people, I don't know, maybe it's just an issue that people don't understand all that all too well, so it's easier to make fun of, but you have guys who are talk, coming out, talking about positivity, he makes a song about, with the suicide hotline number in his song, and I don't know, he's, he's just, to some, I'm not saying by all, but to some, in my opinion, considered less cool than, or less popular than someone who just does a lot of ignorant stuff all the time and I'm you know I listen to discuss 6 ix music I followed his career for as early on as I call it but I'm just saying that sometimes people use that confidence and use that you know rhetoric to step on people as opposed to step with people and try and step in other people's footsteps and you know even when I I was I had sort of befriended one of my co-workers who started at the same time as me but she's a little bit older but um we were in in the same age range and we were talking and I started telling the telling her the story about full suit guy but every time I said that each word in the sentence and every sentence in the story I just felt dirty because I was like I was making fun of someone and to me, I've always been a guy who likes to tell jokes and I, I, I love comedy so sometimes I do it in the spirit of comedy but I said like I started to just like, I don't know, like I think one of the things that stops people on, I don't know, the extreme left and the extreme right, but in my experience, on the extreme right from, uh, well no, let's not isolate the sides, but what I think stops anybody on any side of an issue from moving from moving away from absolutist ideas is trying to spend some time in that person's footsteps. You know, I was talking to a colleague yesterday and she was like, you know, I'm a very accepting person. I was like, and I, and I was like, me too, because I've had to, because I've been, you know, in, in, as a low, someone who grew up in low socioeconomic backgrounds, as someone of biracial heritage, I was someone who, you know, dealt with a lot of issues that, and spent a lot of time around other people who dealt with issues that meant that we just became some of the most understanding and tolerant people in the world because if you are by default society's standard bearers in terms of what's called normal for example when there is a film with 
you know, back in the day, when 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 a film like Soul Plane would come out, you call it like black cinema, black, you know, like African American genre of movies. But when you see a a film, I don't know, with a majority white cast, that is there is no that is no other that is the standard, and that is because a group of people who are growing part of the ethnic blend in in, in the United States were once not even considered full human beings. So by default, their European-American counterparts had, you know, a head start in the race and were able to become the default to to be... But to be black, black cinema was to be other. And it was only up until a film like Black Panther, for example, that... I I didn't hear people saying it was a film, you know, it was black cinema. But before that, it had a genre all onto its own. You talk, think about movies like, think like a man one, think like a man two, soul playing. You think about like, I don't know, Boys in the Hood, Don't Be a Menace. You think of like the Wayans brother, the Wayans family, like that was to, sometimes they would, they talked about that stuff as other and not the default. Um, but it happens in the same way in that, you know, to be a white rapper is to be, you know, you're a white rapper, but you're not a black rapper. You're just a rapper. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone, you know, if, you, if you're if you listening to this and you feel differently from me, then let me know. But it's when you posture yourself as superior or as better than that you begin to differentiate the person or the thing that is the object of that you're posturing in that direction in as different and when they're different it's easy to leave them in a category unto themselves but it's really important when we talk about differences and practicing non-judgment and judging other people that we talk about you know how it can hurt others and how we can maybe practice it a little bit better and I found myself really ashamed of my actions when I was t- talking to my coworker. I at one point I said to her, "Let me stop this conversation now because I'm putting a lot of bad energy out there into the into the universe, and it will. I, I fear that if I don't sort of correct myself now and you know start to put good energy out there, that it will fall back on me, and my mind, body, and spirit cannot withstand another bout like I just did the last two months. I just physically am." only recuperating now and I don't know if I could handle something like that because I wake up every day and I'll tell you something I've had nightmares I'm taking this new mitazapine it's this antidepressant and I've had nightmares for the last four or five days straight and last night I had a nightmare in which I picked up the phone and found out that everybody I loved was dead and it felt so real and it's as though I was conscious of the fact that it was a dream or maybe I just in that in that reality that I dreamt up didn't believe it I shook my head and when I shook my head I woke up and I was here and everything was okay but had I not woken up and maybe that was my reality that pain would have it felt as though my spirit everything just fell to rock bottom and I, so when I when I when I'm experiencing these things that I'm experiencing, and I go out into the world, 
and I still practice some of the bullshit that I used to practice before, pardon my language, I get upset at myself because a lot of what has helped me is the love that all of you that have listened, all of you that know me personally and all of you that don't have showed me in, in letting me know that there is something about me that is worth being, that there is something about these podcasts that is worth continuing and that so when I, you know, when I saw Full Suit Guy at work, I said hi to him every time. We didn't always sit together, but that happened. But, you know, I stopped telling that story. I stopped laughing. I stopped joking. And I frowned upon all the times that I told that story and laughed at him before. Because, yeah, comedy is good. Comedy's hilarious. But if you've watched any of Dave Chappelle's comedy specials in the last the Netflix ones, you'll know that a lot of it is just him telling stories so that, you know, you might learn something from his perspective. And rather than going and sitting town, sitting down and talking to that guy and getting to know him as for the human that he is, I labelled him as though he were not a human being, not somebody worth loving and caring about. And I... You know, I treated him like a character in a video game or someone in a movie or something. Something that wasn't real. And the reality is, as I hope that other people understand about me, you don't know what somebody else is going through. You don't know what they're battling with. You don't know what events in their lives formed. You know, picture us as uh, as though we are all born as these smooth, like, smooth round rocks that you would find on the beach somewhere oh, perf- um, just like existing as though they were perfectly formed no rough edges nothing wrong with them and then depending on how you grow up you know life and everything chips away at you you begin you know it's as though your body and your spirit and your your everything starts to get formed from this smooth rock. And depending on how things go, you know, you might, you know, erode in, in a smooth way and form something even more beautiful and something that we can that can be admired from the outside. And others are, you know, chipped away at. And you can see that, you know, every every piece of impact that that scarred them that made them who they are but because of that you 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 stand or i stood and pointed and laughed rather than getting closer to really look at those scars and understand where they came from and that's just to say that you know if somebody's socially awkward maybe there's a good reason why if somebody talks a lot maybe it's because they don't get listened to elsewhere Maybe they have no one to talk to, so when they finally see you, they talk so much. And that's something that I do. I don't get to talk about a lot of things that I want to talk about sometimes. So when I finally see like-minded people, I talk a lot. And that means that I talk over and ahead of people because I'm just so excited to be able to talk to people that care. Or that are even, you know, we don't even know if somebody's loved ones or have the capacity to talk. Maybe they're unwell or disabled or not around have passed on to the next life and so these people are incredibly lonely and so when they finally get around other people they just offload because you're finally someone that they can talk to 
and you know we should we shouldn't look at somebody who's smooth and perfect and nice and easy to get along with and go and decide that because that 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 interaction is easier that we shouldn't deal with those that are difficult because when when you spend time getting to know somebody i find that even if you feel the same way as you did before you talk to them you 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 empathize a lot more with their experience and you know I mean, look at the Houses of Parliament, you know, they sit on opposing sides of the benches with a massive block or like some big table in between them. They rarely ever, you know, address each other. They're always looking down, reading those statements and then boom. What if you mixed everybody up so you couldn't sit next to your friends all the time? And you had to sit next to people that otherwise you would spend your time laughing and joking with, laughing and joking about. What if you had to sit next to them more often than not? I don't want people to think that I'm saying that, you know, I want you to become brainwashed and believe what somebody else believes. But just imagine for a second that at least once a day, instead of sitting with somebody that you agree with or somebody that you've judged to be a part of your cut from the same cloth, you sit with somebody who is other than. Because full suit guy is a really nice guy. He's never said a mean thing to me. He's greeted me every time I've seen him. He's had really good conversation. He's maintained eye contact. He's listened. He's shared his experiences. He has ambitions. He has dreams. He's a, he has goals and what? Because his, you know, I remember what he said. He he has he has an e-liquids business, and he, he has like he he does like vape liquid or something and that. And I'm like, or and obviously vape is vaping. Depending on if you do it or not, it's a very easy thing to make fun of in popular culture right now, and. You know, like what? Like as soon as he t- uh, like, behind his back, I was rinsing him, like just joking about it. Like, I was like, "Oh, you liquid, whatever, whatever." To anyone that would listen, but I want to do a podcast. Like, cool, whether that's cooler or not, people could people could laugh at me. What you want to talk about your opinions all day? You ain't got nothing better to do. People could easily look up on what I want to do, what you want to model. That's a joke. Look at you. You can't model. And they would put me down. So rather than uplifting him, I put him down. And I'm thinking when I told people I wanted to model, some of them put me down too. But then I was able to start somewhere and model for my old job. And now I'm on ASOS. Not the ASOS, but the ASOS marketplace. So I know it's not the ASOS, but it's a start. I used to talk about wanting to model and other people would look at me and say, yeah, man, that's sick. And other people really believed me. But then some, a hell of a lot of people didn't. And just because my dream is different than his, to be a model may be deemed cooler than to be in the e-liquids business. On a, on a large scale model. That's part of the problem is because that, that idea even exists. You know, imagine the guy who invented the modern toilet seat. And if he if he had a patent on that, and had rights to the and 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 owned the intellectual property, he you know you sit on that thing and you poop all day, but it don't have to be cool for it to be a dream that is admirable. You know the guy who invented modern plumbing, rather than walking outside every day and. Seeing someone toss their crap out of the window and it just sit in the gutters by on the street might not be deemed cool 
but they made a difference. And I think the more we incorporate that 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 process of non-judgment, and before people say anything, I understand that it is integral to our human existence that we are able to categorize and put people in the box, so that we make we may make make sense of them in relation to ourselves. Where where do we stand with them? Where do I relate to them? Where do I not? Are they, you know, a man, like or a woman, or do they are they do they are they do they not identify with the gender? Like, you know, there are a lot of things where, like, it's not binary anymore. It's not like we can't just go, like, we, you know, some people don't identify with being a man or a woman. And I know sometimes I get the vocabulary wrong, so I apologize. But the larger point being, you know, in, in America, in a few decades, you won't, someone will be so culturally ambiguous that they will be from so many different places. To be mixed will be, uh, uh, so I've heard the default. To be of mixed heritage will be the default, and then, then what? You know, like, it's 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 not zeros and ones anymore. It's it's getting really complicated, and I think that there is so much we can learn from everybody. And to think that after having a mental breakdown and questioning my self worth and my self value and contemplating taking my life and contemplating the value of life and then after life and thinking about self-harming and I had I had it in me I had the balls to go out and judge somebody that way knowing exactly what I had been through and that's disgusting in in terms of the those standards that I hold myself to and it's that false it's like what do they call it when you is it gold-plated right it's like when you when you when you coat yourself in this air of false confidence and then you walk in the street as though what makes you you and what has made you successful makes you better than somebody rather than different than somebody and rather than looking at somebody that you may have deemed less than as someone that you can learn from is horrible to me because that's that's how I've I was that's the same false confidence and the desperation to be want to be liked and to be accepted and to be cool that allowed, that made me go hit on a ton of girls with no shame with 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 no morals with no manners with no nothing and it's only until recently that I've been able to slowly drag myself out of those habits and you know, I had I had girls that I used to hit on say horrible things about me, and although I wouldn't say rightly so, I they they could have been said in nicer words, maybe rightly so. Um, you know, I've had girls break up with me more often than I've had a successful relationship, and that's you know within the last seven years since I was sixteen years old, and I damn near have it in my mind to take an oath of celibacy because I just can't be asked anymore to have people turn their back on me but just because I suddenly feel as though I'm becoming the person I've always wanted to be is that even who I want to be anymore because sometimes those values are based on stuff that is whack now to be out here and sleeping with a ton of people to me like I'm not saying it's whack but like that's whack for me that's not who I like what I thought I wanted to be isn't what I want to be 
because when I was regularly sexually active, it was not like I've already expressed in terms of how I identify sexually. Like that's like I'm not attached to the intimate experience the same way others are. So that is back to me. Like I'm not interested. When I've had a ton of options, when I've been out here on Tinder, when I've like been talking to multiple females, like that's horrible. When I've been talking to multiple women, um, I've been like thinking I was like cool now. I was like, oh, now this proves my self worth. And when you base your self worth, self worth based on how others perceive you, you will forever be chasing something that may not be obtainable. And then once you obtain it, it might just corrupt you and make you horrible and I don't you know I'm constantly trying to assess the values of the things that I wish to be like why do I want this audience to grow to millions and millions of people in order for me to make a difference yes in order for me to change my life and make some money for my family also yes but is it for me to go and spread negativity and stuff like that no I I had a food Instagram and one of the things I would always say to people is if I ever get to a point where I'm eating at nice restaurants and I'm reviewing food brands and I become a brand ambassador and I get paid as an influencer, whatever that means, I will never talk about the places that I didn't like. Because I don't want to wake up in the morning and talk about stuff that I don't like in order to damage them them or it. Because people might like that stuff that I don't like. I hate seafood. But... I'm not going to go out of my way to go to a seafood restaurant in the hopes that my mind might be changed, but the likelihood that I'll hate it and then go tell people that I hate it. I don't like seafood anyway, so it's not going to change. Now, may I be pleasantly surprised if I liked it? Yes, and then in which case I would promote that, but I'm not going to walk around telling people that I hate that. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know who that helps. I'm I'm happy to debate politics and philosophy because then you can exchange ideas in which you disagree but what I won't do is walk around talking to things talking about the things that I hate. And in that same vein I've learned a very valuable lesson and you know I'm a little bit ashamed of myself but there's room to grow because in I've I'm addressing it now with you because I don't want to look at full suit guy and feel better than my success I pray to all the powers that be, my success should not be deemed as a result of the idea that I am better than better than someone, but not just better than them, but better than them because they are different. And in in that way, I feel as though people shouldn't, you know. I don't know, let me let me phrase this the right way. I don't want my success right, yeah, let's let's say I don't want my success to be as a result of deeming myself superior to someone to have a superior skill set because they are different, because where I where I am lacking they may very well be successful. You know, I I pray, but, you know, what makes me a good person might make me a terrible father. What makes me successful in business or in the working world might make me a terrible husband. A terrible something, you know? And Whereas that person might have a capacity to do things that, and a confidence to do something that I can't, and because they don't care about how how other people feel. Because they don't obey social norms. They don't understand social cues and... They aren't hindered by those things that we sometimes observe, 
observed to make ourselves appear cool and confident in front of those who we deem to be cool and hence want to fit in with. I always tell, talk about people in my lives who, like, I'm always like, oh my God, his dress sense is terrible. Like, the way he dresses is so whack. Like, he dresses like a 40-year-old man. Sometimes he wears the same outfit five days in a row. But that's okay. Because if he doesn't give a shit, then that means that he's not burdened with the same things that I spend waste my time thinking about. You know, I'm walking into the mirror, you know, got tweezers in hand, pulling out bloody ingrown hairs in my beard, and I'm like exfoliating and using the black charcoal peel-off masks, and I'm cutting my nails, and I'm doing that. And of course, some of these are just blatant self-care, but I'm dyeing my hair, and I'm watching my hairline, and I'm worried about this, and I'm wearing hats to hide so that people don't judge me, and... I'm doing this so that people don't judge me this way and I'm doing this so that people don't think this about me and I'm doing all these things whereas there are people in my life who don't care what you think. At all. They don't care. And so they don't waste time thinking about things that that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. They spend their time doing things that they love and things that they enjoy and they don't worry about how you feel. So even though I can look at someone and go, look, at you don't dress, you, your hair your hair's whack, you need a proper barber. I've said these things to people that I care about, and the reality is they, they don't care. Because they care about other things that, when you sometimes look at it, matter more. And whether it's full suit guy, or the guy that wears the same thing every day, or the guy that eats the same thing every day and doesn't care about fancy food, or... What each of those people are just different and maybe their values are different and so they have time to do other things that I can't do because I spend my time worrying about other things that sometimes aren't as important and I hope that you know in sharing this story with you guys that you maybe I don't know reflect on some of the things some of the ways you've judged others because one thing I always thought I would be was the type of person who would be a force for good because I know what low confidence and insecurity did to me and has done to me and does to me to this day and I thought I would be a force for good I thought I would be someone who uplifts people and while for a good part of the time I think I do there's also a lot of time where I don't and I become that thing that I hated and that that thing that made me feel like I was nothing when I was in secondary school and primary school where I was the fourth good looking friend out of four people according to the girls in my class and I was I was like a solid six out of ten in comparison to other people and I was cool I guess and I was you know cool enough just by a smooth margin to come to the parties when I was in high school and I was you know but it was always because I was worrying about how other people felt about me and I was allowing other people's judgments of me to determine how I would formulate my persona my avatar my character in life as though it were a video game i'd customized my appearance i'd done this and dressed like this and said things like this and had postured myself like this but whether it's full suit guy or others there you know we should you know what's the phrase you know i think uh, someone was telling me i think it's 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 something from the bible it's basically like you see two separate foot sets of footsteps but I don't know like once you start to believe and have faith you only see one because you're walking with God as opposed to next to him or something like that but I think that extends to humanity because 
when we walk with people and step in their shoes it may do something to transform our perspective and change our lives and provide a solution to a problem that we spend a long time searching for only because we search it with those that are like-minded and similar as opposed to those who are drastically different or who we have may or may not have previously designated as to be less than and when I go back into work on Monday I'm gonna look at that guy and you know consider him a friend because he's a good guy he's never treated me badly he's always been kind to me and that's the type of person that in in disguise has always been the type of person that I needed because they know that he may or may not know what it's like to be judged harshly too and with that being said listen follow me at dynasty podcast and at malik mbatch on instagram at malik mbatch on snapchat malik mbatch on facebook um once i get my paycheck which is not anytime soon it's broke boy hours i will start promoting this stuff heavily you know really investing good money in this in this and hopefully getting some guests on to speak as well um not a lot else going on and it's a day-to-day battle every day it's nightmares every night when i go to bed and it's a battle when i wake up and there are good moments of bad moments and laughter and a lot of times of sadness you know but we're trying to ride the way that wave out until it smooths out because i want to be hopeful about life i want to be hopeful about love i want to be hopeful about friendships i want to be hopeful and happy and pursuing the things that i love because maybe that's the only thing that will make me happy in a world where we're always chasing different things but i really appreciate everyone that shared and listened and for those of you who do get excited about a release of an episode um i appreciate everyone for just like being there for me and caring about me because i don't know what it is about life but i don't know even when you're struggling it it feels better when you have a spiritual or literal hug from the people around you so it means a lot to everyone who has been there for me and i guess i don't know maybe maybe before next friday but depending on how work goes you'll definitely get another episode within the week so thank you all for listening and i'll talk to you next time peace